Alright, Surah Tulzalzala. All jokes aside, is Surah Madaniya. It's a Medinan Surah. إِذَا زُلْزِلَتْ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا Meaning, the earth will shake. And this shaking will flatten the entire earth. The entire earth will be flat. Okay? And that's the issue. Uh, that's how أَرْضُ mahshar, The earth, the land of the mahshar. Mahshar means the resurrection. That land is flat. There's no water. There are no hills. There are no mountains. It's absolute flat desert. That is what we call Ardul Mahshar. Which means when the earth quakes, it's quake, meaning the quake of quakes. Like the earthquake of earthquakes. Okay? That's what it is. So Al Qiyamah is like the earthquake of earthquakes. Alright? Amnarine is asking, what's, what's the ring on my finger? I'll show you right now. So far, brother, by the way, Ryan, I, I'm testing this. I like it. My only problem with it is that you might, there's a small chance, well, I haven't used it, but there's a small chance that you can do a ton of liquor and it wasn't on or something. And you just like... It's, uh, so far that hasn't happened, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. I got it. Ring? Yeah. Z- it. Firstly, I really like how smooth it looks, right? Looks like it's just like a ring. Yeah. But also like the... Take off your take out your beads all the time and you lose count, it's frustrating. And this thing is easy. It shuts off after 30 seconds. And it requires pretty much intentionally to hit it, because it's on the side. The thicker countering is on the side. Okay, so that's what people are asking here. And it looks like I like the black and gold. Alright? It's smooth. It comes in white, rose, and we got three of them at the store. Just a dry run. And if we like them and it works out, we're gonna put them all out. People online can pick them up and we'll send them to you too. So I'm just experimenting with it. Can I see it? You want to see it? Sure. And then it's so simple. By the way, you have to charge it. Yeah, you charge it like once every... Uh... It points to the Qibla though, right? No. Oh, it doesn't? It's so simple. All it is, button and a number. Oh, That's all it is. It has a screen too, right? Yeah, just click the button. Oh, wow. There. So it's just, it's so simple. What is this, 100,000? No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. It only goes up to a thousand. I wish it was a hundred thousand. But it only goes up to a thousand. Okay. It's a good feel, it's simple. Like it didn't have my size, but I don't want it to be um is that the number that it was on? Or us? Three Okay. Uh I didn't want it to be so tight either, so it's pretty loose actually. But it's easy. On and off, on and off. And the key is not to lose it. Alright, so you understand now that when we say the qiyamah is about to happen. The actual qiyamah is an earthquake. Okay? When the, when the end of time occurs on this earth, at the end of life on this earth as we know it, occurs in the form of an earthquake. A massive mega earthquake. But who's going to be at, alive at that time? Okay? Only the worst of the creation. There will be no mu'minin alive at that time. All of the mu'minin and all of iman will have left this earth. And the only iman... Uh, uh, there will be no Muslims on the earth anymore. All of Iman will leave. There will simply be just the words Islam and empty mosques and that's it. There will be no Iman left on the earth. So no mu'min, okay, no mu'min will ever 
experience this horrific event okay, of Al-Zalzala. And of course, all of the signs of the judgment will have, have to happen already. So all that is done with. So say Naisa has come down, filled the earth with Islam, filled the earth with justice and light, and then he passes away, and then all the generation of Muslims pass away, and then all the ummah reverts back to the worst of the worst of the worst of shirk and kufr. Okay? And the earth is completely flattened. No hills, no valleys, no oceans, just, and, it's, and the mountains are dust. Everything is dirt. أخبرنا إسماعيل بن عبد القاهر حدثنا عبد الغفار أو عبد الغافر ابن محمد أخبرنا محمد ابن عيسى الجلودي حدثنا إبراهيم ابن محمد ابن سفيان حدثنا مسلم ابن الحجاج حدثنا واصل ابن عبد الأعلى حدثنا محمد ابن الفضيل عن أبيه عن أبي حازم عن أبي هريرة قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تقي الأرض أفلاذ كبدها كبدها أمثال الأسطوانة من الذهب والفضة فيجيء القاتل فيقول في هذا قتلت ويجيء القاطع فيقول في هذا قطعت رحمي ويجيء السارق فيقول في هذا قطعت يدي ثم يدعونه فلا يأخذون منه شيئا Alright, so this regard إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزلها وأخرجت الأرض أثقالها Meaning that the earth will bring forth all of its burdens. Its burdens and the athqal are the burdens and the weighty things. The weighty things being what we fought over. What did we fight over? Gold. We fought over things. But more, it's the burdens that the earth carries. Because when oppression happens, it is like a burden of the earth. It will expel all of these burdens and then the judgment will happen between people. Okay? And this hadith says that it comes, everything comes out. All the gold and the silver. What does it mean gold and silver? What we people fought over. People are fighting over stuff for this world. In this world. So all that comes out. But likewise, the allegorical burden, which is the oppressions that occurred. All of that will come out. And then the judgment will happen between them. وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا And the earth will be rumbling so loudly that is the moaning of the earth. We know that the tree moans, right? The Prophet ﷺ used to give a khutbah on a, on a stump of a tree. Prophet then, someone made him a step. So he gave the khutbah on a step. So then they heard the tree moaning. Because it lost the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam embraced this tree and spoke to it. He said, would you be content that you will be with me for an eternity in the akhirah? And it said yes. So then the Prophet sallallahu But point being, the shahid here is that the earth was... The tree moaned. A tree is just like a little speck of the earth, right? Imagine the entire earth moaning. Because of all the oppression that happened upon it. And oppression, like wrong actions, they have natural consequences within the body. So I remember watching a documentary about a guy who, who needed, he was, he, was, he was like a runaway. 
some people had some terrible, terrible upbringings. His, his dad divorced his mom and left, and after a few months, dad never came back, never sent money. They became really poor. The kid was so full of resentment growing up, poor and no dad. SubhanAllah, every single calamity of human beings, go back, and what does you always find? No dad. SubhanAllah, you always find no father. Right? That's why actually the Messenger وسلم, his acts of mercy are a proof that this is supernatural. This is abnormal. This is not the norm. Anybody who has no father, no parent like that is somebody who always they have more resentment and they're disorganized and they come with chaos. So this guy, he's, his, the school sends him a letter and he says, look, we don't need you anymore. Send the letter home to his mom. Says, don't, don't send him back to school. We don't want him anymore. We can't handle this guy. It's such trouble. So he says to his mom, he said, Mom, I think I'm just going to leave. You know what she says to him? Her own mother. She says, she looks at him, she thinks for a little bit, she says, you know what? Good luck and good riddance. Your own mom says that? So your dad doesn't want you. Your dad doesn't care about you. Your mom tells you good luck and good riddance, who's supposed to be like the most merciful and most compassionate to you, right? She tells you good luck and good riddance. Anyway, he gets on a bus, he goes all the way down, and on the way, he said, let me go to Florida, it's warm, so if I become homeless, at least I'll be, I'll be warm, and I'll probably find a job there. Gets on a bus from Connecticut to Florida, and when he gets to Florida, he sees these beautiful horse stables, and he says, wow, I want to be there. He gets out, and he goes over, and he starts working in the horse stables. One thing leads to another. He falls on hard times. His owner... That he works for, grooming the horses, falls on hard times. And these horses, the insurance on the horses is greater than the value of the horse. Like you could, the insurance on it is more than the resale price. So the owner falls on hard times. So guess what he does? Like I could sell this horse for 120K, but the insurance on it is 200K. So what does he have to do? Arrange the killing of the horse. So we asked the, the kid, Go kill the horse, right? So the way that they kill the horse is with electrocution, electrocute the horse, and it makes it look like it died of colic, okay? Time after time, the insurance is catching on to this, so they got to kill the horse in a different way. Now, this is the point that got me thinking, and it got me so... He said him and his friend were in this horse-killing business now. Of course, it's all secret. It's under the counter at everything. And this time they said, you can't electrocute it anymore. It has to die of a broken leg. Horse breaks its leg, they have to shoot it right away. You know this? Like if a horse breaks its leg, like a deer, any of these quadrupeds, if it breaks one leg, it can never heal and can never survive. You have to shoot it right away. So we have to arrange an accident. Okay. Of course, though, it's going to look like an accident, but we're just going to hit it with a rod. Now the guy and his friend, they come up, and they got a big piece of metal, and they're about to kill this horse. In the middle of the night, nobody sees, and the guy narrates the story. He says, we were shaking like this, right? This innocent animal, we're going to kill it, right? We'll break its horse. We were shaking. They're, they're criminals. These are not like some priests, right? They're criminals, and they're shaking from the nervousness of the crime they're about to commit. And the horse is acting all crazy. The horse know, The guy says the horse knows something bad's going to happen. The horse is acting all crazy, going on its hind legs, right? Uh, neighing, acting agitated. 
What is that? From within the human being, when you're about to do something bad, like chemicals are emitting, right? Hormones are emitting out of you. That's the burden of sins. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has built the human being in such a way that when you're about to do something bad, you just your body tells you, don't do it. This is terrible. Your body tells you. And that's the importance. At some point, the Prophet said, At some point in time, go with your heart because when it's a gray area, and that's not even a gray area, that's an obvious one, right? When a gray area, go with your heart because your gut will tell you something's wrong about this. And afterwards, the same thing. Right? Afterwards, it's the same thing. The guy's like, I can't even talk about this. Big thugs with criminal felony records. Right? And they did terrible things to human beings. But it seems like the horse is, there's more sympathy because it's a completely helpless creature. Right? So they did terrible things to human beings. But when it comes to the horse, crying, thugs, weeping because of what he did to the horse. So the human being, within the human being, the burden of sin is, it's there. And it's something that when we talk about the earth having athqal, it's those sins weighing in the earth. Why is it weighing in the earth? Because justice was never done. Justice was never done on the earth. Okay. So, tuhaddithu akhbaraha. On this day, the earth is testifying. All, how many murders... What are, Oz, what do you think is the percentage of murders that have been solved? It's something so small. So I small. I Bring your mic. Somewhere. It was like one third or two thirds, something like that. So many people got away with murder. And before J. Edgar Hoover and the revamping and learning how to use forensics and fingerprinting, could you imagine a world without fingerprinting? You get away with anything, right? Like you can't fingerprint. There's no CCTV. I wonder how the cops got, got caught anybody, right? It was so easy to commit a murder back in the olden days. And that's why they did commit murder. The mafia got away with everything. Akhbarana Abu Bakr, Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abi Tawba. Ana Abu Tahir, or Akhbarana, okay. Ana in hadith is Akhbarana. Thana is Haddathana. Wa Haddathana is brand new chain. So if you're seeing akhbarana haddathana, akhbarana haddathana, but then wahaddathana, that means brand new chain. Okay, from that means chain starts from the top. Okay, and he, he gives you a chain from Abi Huraira who says, Qara'a Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hadhi al-aya yawma idhin tuhaddithu akhbaraha qala atadruna ma akhbaraha Do you know what its news is? Qalu Allah and his messenger know best. What every single human being, slave, male and female, has done on its back. On the, on, it says it will, so-and-so did on this day, such and such and such and such and such and such. So that's akhbar. Because Allah commanded it to speak. So we ask the question, how does a, a 
earth speak without a mouth and without a tongue? Well, what is the answer to that? How does a tongue speak? Right? Th- could you think about that? How does a tongue speak? It's just a muscle, a piece of flesh. Well, a tongue speaks that air comes out of the voice box. And what is a voice box? It's rubbing together of two things, right? I remember talking to Sheikh Amin, studying Aqidah with Sheikh Amin Muhammad, and he said that sound is the rubbing of two created things. That's the definition of sound, right? And, it's, uh, uh, and the rubbing is also through wind, vibrations of the air, right? And then your objects are your voice box, your teeth, and your tongue. Like, this is not that difficult, Right? I mean, this thing speaks. Where is the speech coming from? This thing has, this thing will make, a phone will make way more sounds than a mouth. It will make way more sounds. But what is it? I don't see a tongue. I don't see air coming in and out. We ourselves have made things that make noise, right? And wonderful noises and sounds. If they don't think that Allah Ta'ala can make the earth speak, it's easy to make the earth speak. قال ابن عباس والقرضي أوحى إليها ومجاز الآية يوحي الله إليها Allah inspires it to speak قوله تعالى يومئذ يصدر الناس أشتاتا ليروا أعمالهم يرجع الناس عن موقف الحساب بعد العرض أشتاتا متفرقين فأخذ ذات اليمين إلى الجنة وأخذ ذات الشمال إلى النار. So what does that mean? يوم الذي يزور الناس أشتاتا يروا أعمالهم. So the people are scattered twice, and they're all in line once. When are they scattered? As soon as they're resurrected, they're scattered. It's chaos. Then the judgment happens. When the judgment happens, everyone stands still. That not a word is spoken. And the judgment is happening person by person. Then after the judgment, everyone's scattered again. Because, khalas, you got your judgment, now go to Jannah. Now you're getting judgment, now you're going to be taken to the hellfire. So they're scattered two different times. And they're in order, organized and in order once. Okay. And Allah, and he cites, يَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَتَفَرَّقُونَ In Surah Al-Rum. يَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَصَدَّعُونَ Okay. لِيُرَوْ أَعْمَالَهُمْ in Surah Ar-Rum. And in terms of So they're scattered in the beginning when the resurrection occurs. Then they're all brought in order for questioning. And then they're scattered again seeking their reward. Which means to see the reward of their deeds. Alright, you're scattered to the hellfire. Well, where do I go now? Malaika come and get you to the hellfire. Your book is in your right hands. Okay, where do I go now? You wait around then you until you go to Jannah. Okay. And then for Mayaman Mithkara Dharatan Khairan Yara. Adharra is the smallest possible physical thing in matter. And a you have a dharra and you have a jism. The jism is two or more atoms. Okay? The, the dharra is the smallest unit of physical nature. 
physical matter, which is impossible for the human being to conceptualize. No matter how you conceptualize it, it will have a top and a bottom. If it has a top and a bottom, you can split it, right? By definition. So what did the Asha'ira say? It is the dimensionless atom, which is purely theory. But we must believe that that exists. Why? Because nothing is infinite. Nothing can just keep be infinitely forever cutting it down, right? It has to have an end. If it is khalq of dunya, it must have an end limit, right? Even Jannah, like the Jannah paradise, is expanding, but there is edges to it. This universe is expanding, but it has edges. Okay? And it had a beginning. So physical nature must have an edge. It must have a limit. But if we, it, that limit must be dimensionless because if we say the smallest par- possible particle, if that particle has a right side and a left side, you can split it. Top and bottom, you can split it. So the Ash'ari atom, it's called the Ash'ari atom, is a dimensionless particle. You want to know something uh, interesting? Yeah. Um, someone sent me. Um, so people might think that this is very theoretical, right? Yeah. But it actually comes into play when we're talking about wudu, for example. Yeah. Um, where, uh, like the Hanafis, they talk about this, where who was the people who denied it? It was the Mu'tazida, right? Yeah. And they said that it's that's not possible. Everything can continue to be split, continue to be split. And The Mu'tazila said this. Yeah. yeah. And what this leads to is that, say for example, when you're making wudu, you had the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, yeah. where he mentions like where you're supposed to use a small amount of water. Yes. And you're supposed to use, even if there's an ocean, you use a small amount. Yeah. And there's a reason why. It's because... Even with a small amount, we can still purify our sins, yeah. and the rest of the water is pure. But anyways, long story short, what happens is, is because the Ashaira, among many, many other things, because they don't believe in this, then they start denying the hadith about, for example, wudu. Because if you have najasa on your body, and now that najasa has mixed into a large amount, uh. then the mind tells you that now that entire pool of water is also najas. Ajib, ajib. And what the, the Hanafi say is that if there's a Mu'tazila uh, in front of you, then to affirm the existence of the Jawhar, yeah. then if you have the option of making wudu with a small amount or making wudu in an ocean, yeah. make it in an ocean to affirm the, to affirm the existence of this. It's just strange Jeez. how the aqidah and fiqh, they're, yeah. still, they're so intertwined. Yeah. yeah. It's just a weird, weird thing that uh, someone sent me. Yeah, Very that is ajeeb. That is ajeeb. So we so some basic terminology, the the you have a dharra, right, which is the smallest possible uh, particle. Two or more of that is a jism, is a body, okay. Two or more is a body, and a johar is. You use the word johar. I think dharra. I thought it's the same thing. Dharra and johar. The johar is like the the crux of the matter, which is a dharra, the atom. Okay, so, Allah. فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ Whoever does a dharra of good, you will see it, and whoever does a dharra of evil, you will see it. Okay. وَقَالَ ibn عَبَّاسٍ وَقَالَ ibn عَبَّاسٍ That's how you say it. لَيْسَ مُؤْمِنٌ وَلَا كَافِرٌ عَمِلَ خَيْرًا أَوْ شَرًّا فِي الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا أَرَاهُ اللَّهُ إِيَّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامِ means you'll see it. does not mean you won't be forgiven for it, but you will see it. But there is also, alright, uh, there is also a concept that 
of afu. What it, what kind of forgiveness is afu? It is that you will be complete. Your sins will be covered up completely and erased. Not covered up, erased. Okay. So what is the difference on kafara anhum sayyatihim and afa anhum? Allah Taala He describes takfir sayyat and He describes afu sayyat, afa anhum. So a takfir is to cover up your sins. That means nobody will see it in this life or the next. Let's say you committed some sins in private. If you're sincere in the forgiveness, then Allah will cover it up for you. Nobody will, you will never be exposed by anyone. And then secondly, the, the afu is complete erasing of those sins. Those sins are completely erased from your book. So you, you go in Yom Al-Qiyam and you don't even see it. It's erased from your memory as well. And that's the highest level of forgiveness is al-afu, completely erasing your sins. Okay. And that's why we should always seek for afu. And who, do, who gets most, afu the most? Those who forgive others. Okay. And then, uh, what does it mean for the non-believers? That he will see it in the dunya. Whoever does an atom's worth of goodness, he will see it. So, the kafir, he doesn't believe in the akhirah, right? So, he can't be rewarded in the akhirah. How can he be rewarded in the akhirah when he didn't do it for the akhirah? What did, what did he do it for? You can only do something good for what you believe in, right? He only believes in dunya. So, Allah Ta'ala compensates him in the dunya. In this life, there's compensation and reward. What's the difference? Reward comes means you're getting something and Allah loves you. So He's giving it to you with love. And the sign of Allah's love is His men. His men means He reminds you and He puts in your mind, this is the reward that Allah has given me, right? And I should be thankful for it. Therefore, He gains dunya and He gains deen. He gains iman from that. But the kafir, who does a good deed, Allah compensates him. He gives him compensation, which is basically just, all right, you did something good, you deserve something good, but you're going to get it in this hayat dunya because that's all you believe in. Okay? You're not going to get it in the akhirah because you don't believe in the akhirah, which is why if someone dies as a kafir, we don't make dua for him. He doesn't want akhirah in the first place. He didn't care about it in the first place. So why would you make dua for him? Okay? Same way it's forbidden to force your religion upon somebody while they're alive, it's forbidden to force it upon them when they're dead. That's why we don't... Our making dua, not making dua for a kafir, if they die upon kufr. When we say kafir, we're just talking about the legal category of non-Muslims, so nobody gets offended. It's a legal category of non-believers. And we're not allowed to make dua if they die upon that. Why? Because that's akin to forcing your deen upon him. He didn't want it. If I put a, force him to get down and, and make sujood right now, isn't that also, is that haram, right? For us, and it's oppression to him. He doesn't want it. So same thing. They say, oh, but we need Islam is mercy. If Islam is mercy, why didn't you go give him down when he was alive, right? Subhanallah, a guy dies, and now you want to make dua for him. 
and say Islam is mercy. If it's so merciful and you believe in heaven and hell so much, why didn't you give your da'wah to him when he was alive? No, you didn't touch him when he was alive. You didn't mention Islam when he was alive. All of a sudden when he dies, you want to make du'a for him. قَالَ مُقَاتِلْ نَزَلَتْ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ فِي رَجُلَيْنِ Muqatil says, this set of verses came down for two people. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّهُ لَمَّا نَزَلَ وَيُطْعِمُونَ الطَّعَامَ لَحُ بِمِسْكِينَ وَيْتِيمُ وَسِيرًا كَانَ أَحَدُهُمَا يَأْتِيهِ السَّائِلْ فَيَسْتَقِلْ أَنْ يُعْطِيهِ التَّمْرَةِ وَالْكَسْرَةِ وَالْجَوْزَةِ وَنَحْوِهَا يَقُولْ مَا هَذَا بِشَيْءٍ إِنَّمَا يُؤْجَرُ عَلَى مَا نُعْطِي وَنَحْنُ نُحِبُّهُ وَكَانَ الْآخَرُ يَتَهَاوَنُ بِالذَّنْبِ الْيَسِيرِ كَالْكَذِبْ كَالْكَذِبَ وَالْغِيبَةِ وَالنَّظْرَةِ وَأَشْبَاهِ ذَلِكَ وَأَشْبَاهَ ذَلِكَ وَكَانَ الْآخَرُ يَهْتَنُ بِالذَّنْبِ الْيَسِيرِ كَالْكَذِبَةِ وَالْغَيْبَةِ وَالنَّظْرَةِ وَأَشْبَاهِ ذَلِكَ So, يقول إنما وعد الله النار على الكبائر وليس في هذا إث so Allah Ta'ala revealed about two new people that were new in Islam. And one man, a homeless, a beggar would come to him and he would only have like a date. So he would just say, this is not something, I can't give a date, it's not a big deal. Right? This is not a, uh, he wouldn't give him a deal, uh, anything. He would have like an almond. He said, well, what's an almond? Okay. Oh, a nut. He's, he would say, this is nothing. Okay? We're only given reward okay, uh, on something big. And Allah says, no, you're given reward on everything, even the atom. If you were to give him an atom and he was to take it, you'd get rewarded for that. Another man would tell a little lie here, a little backbite here. See a woman, he would look at her. And he would say, no, these are small things. Allah only judges by the big things, right? We're only going to hell for for big things. Okay? Does this not remind you of some uh, people in, in our communities and sometimes families that say these types of things? I told a guy one time, he had ankle socks on. Below his ankle. The sock that's actually below the ankle. Like super ankle socks. Because he wants to wear shoes without looking like it has socks on. It's a style. He goes and he makes wudu by wiping on that, right? I said, brother, even with the Hanbali opinion on socks, that wouldn't be accepted. It's below the ankle. He said, man, the deen is a lot, big, a lot of bigger issues, man. I was like, so, this is why Allah revealed, this is why Allah revealed that. You're judging with your own mind what's important and what's not, right? But yet the funny thing is, this type of person will have a discussion on a type of dessert and 30-minute discussion on how the almonds and the pecans on this dessert taste better than this. Wait a second. Why are you willing to put energy in that? Yet you're not willing to put any energy. No, no one comes to you when, it, when, you're, when you're cooking dessert and says, oh, there's a lot of bigger issues. Just eat whatever is on the table. Right? So these people, are, they use this thing to belittle Muslims. I'm telling you, there's so much attempts to belittle Muslims in their deen and mock them. And Allah tells us, Surah Al-Mutafifin, because they hate Iman, they want to make fun of every single bit of it, right? And so they'll tell you, oh, you're talking about wudu? 
right? Subhanallah. This doesn't, uh, doesn't, it doesn't, uh, this is no big deal, right? This is like a small issue. And they make some people feel, oh, maybe, maybe I'm an extremist, okay? Maybe, maybe I'm an extremist because I care about these details of religion. It's not a detail. If Allah mentioned it and the fuqaha talked about it, it's not a detail. And that same person, you go and build him a house or get him a, a shirt. He's going to say, oh, there's a little stain right there. Take it back to the dry cleaner. Oh, why do you care about details, right? On your dunya, you care about details. But Allah's deen, you, don't, you, think, you minimize details. We don't minimize details and we have no shame in front of these people. And you guys can make fun of all you want. You can't make fun of us, first of all. You can make fun of weak people. You guys, those people who do that, they'll say, let's just wait. Let's just wait and see what Allah does to you and your family and how you look in 10 years. I've seen it, by the way. I've seen these types. I lived through it. That's why I'm so confident against it. I've lived through it. I've seen these people make fun of Muslims way back in the 90s. Make fun of us. Let's just fast forward. You got no... Kids don't even talk to you. You got no life. You just retired... And, and rotting on the couch. Wallahi, I've seen it with my own two eyes. You used to be really popular and you make fun of us. Let's just fast forward. Because all those people who cared about the deen of Allah, Allah has surrounded them with grandkids. Allah has surrounded them with a masjid they go to all the time. They have so many friends, too many friends. And these friends are keeping their brains sharp, keeping them busy. And Allah has filled their life with khairat. You made fun of Allah's deen and you chose the dunya and the dunya kicked you to the curb because the dunya only loves the young and the beautiful and the rich and the, those who are able to do stuff. But once you got old, the dunya kicked you to the curb. Your company kicked you to the curb. Nobody cares about you. All your relationships were tijara and business only. Even your own kids don't care about you. So I've seen it all, Right? I've seen it. That's why I had no problem forging straight ahead. I know the result of this. It's like you've seen a movie once and twice. That's it. You've been to the playoffs. You've been to the playoffs for five years, seven years, ten years. You've seen everything, right? Twenty years you've been in the playoffs. You can't shock me. You can't bring me some new thing. You've seen it all. So these folks, in terms of these mockers, they, don't, they lose at the end. There's no doubt about that. What is our brother saying about the Hanbali socks? Yeah, Hanabila can wipe on socks and they have conditions. I mean, from what I was told by the Hanabila, they can wipe on anything that's called a sock. Mutlaqa. Al-Jawrab mutlaqa. Anything, even like if, if, he, if it's see-through, like um, one of those women's see-through socks, anything that is called a sock. And if you're a Hanbalite, You can give us your what you learned here, but that's what I took from Dr. Ahmed Mitwalli. You know Ahmed Sheikh Ahmed Mitwalli. I think they said that there's two. There's two opinions. What are the second opinion? Yeah. Oh, there's always two opinions in the Hanbali method, yeah, right? Are, in one of the two opinions. <laughs> yeah. What is the second opinion? The the other one is uh, completely in line with what you're saying. Yeah. Like they have like seven, twelve conditions, something like that. The sock has to be thick. The sock has to be above your ankles, and so on and so forth. And then the other opinion is much lighter. 12 conditions something like that like a very large amount of conditions that's Judaism Judaism <laughs> too many conditions in something is Judaism <laughs> right 
like no, like basically they're strict in the same way that we're strict and we say that it has to be leather and, chuf be and full stop. Yeah. yeah, for them they say that yeah maybe it can be a sock, but then if it's a rukhsa then you have to have additional conditions on the rukhsa itself on the exceptions. Yeah, because because it's a rukhsa, Malik doesn't make qiyas on rukhas. Right. There's no there's no analogy drawn on an on a rukhsa. The rukhsa is just that. Rukhsa means an exception. The exception is just that. It's not. But the shafi'i do make analogy. And their thing is very easy too. If it's waterproof, you can wipe on it. So what, if you're a Shafi'i, you can get hydro skins from the internet. Amazon. Hydro skins, they're really good. They're, it's wetsuit material, thin. You put it right on. You can make wudu on it all winter long. When we went to Turkey, all the men in Fatih. Yeah, they have kuf, they right? They have the on. Especially in the winter, yeah. right? All right, like a stranger says, the base and majority is that they have to cover the ankle Durable enough to travel, no holes, thick and waterproof. Okay, so like, but waterproof, will that remove socks? No sock is waterproof. I think it's like if you put your oh foot waterproof in the water. for the wipe yeah, only for the wipe only. Yeah, you can't feel the water on your. Oh, okay, you can't feel the water when you wipe. Okay, because waterproof on what though? Like, I think it's the wipe. What about if you step on a puddle in the bathroom, for example? Like, like there's water on the bathroom on the floor from people making wudu. If you step on that. Any sock is basically going to have, you're going to feel the wetness. So it must be, he means the waterproof of the wiping. Remember wigwams? Oh, okay. Only people from like my generation will remember wigwams. Aren't those those Native American houses? Yeah, but wigwams were socks like this thick. Like they're Native American style clothes. The sock was like this thick. Wigwams. Back in the old days. (laughs) Qala ibn Mas'ud. The most clear judgment, verse of judgment in the Quran. Adam's weight of good, you'll see it. Adam's weight of evil, you'll see it. You'll see the punishment you would have gotten or the reward you've gotten and maybe you'll get it, maybe you won't. Uh, two Hanbalis confirm that waterproof, yes, when wiping. وكان صلى الله عليه وسلم يسميها الجامعة الفاذة حين سئل عن زكاة الحمر. He was asked, the Prophet used to call it the Jamia, the all-encompassing verse. ما أنزل علي فيها شيء إلا هذه الآية الجامعة الفاذة فمن يعمل فمن يعمل القرآن ذرة خيرة يعمل القرآن ذرة شرعة. I have not received a verse that is more encompassing than this verse. وَتَصَدَّقَ عُمَرْ بْنُ الْخَطَّابِ وَعَائِشَ بِحَبَّةِ عِنَبِ A little, some grapes. وَقَالَ فِيهَا مَثَاقِيلْ كَثِيرًا And they said there are many rewards in this. وَقَالَ الرَّبِيعِ بْنِ خَيْثَمْ مَرَّ رَجُلٌ بِالْحَسَنِ وَهُوَ يَقْرَأُ هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ فلما بلغ آخرها قال حسبي قد انتهت الموعظة حسن البصري recited this and he said this is enough for myself the advice is sufficient the counsel is sufficient أخبرنا أحمد بن إبراهيم الشريحي أخبرنا أبو إسحاق الثعلبي أخبرنا محمد بن القاسم حدثنا أبو بكر محمد بن عبد الله حدثنا الحسن بن سفيان حدثنا علي بن حجر 
حدثنا يزيد بن هارون حدثنا اليمان ابن المغيرة حدثنا عطاء ابن عب... عن ابن عباس قال قال صلى الله عليه وسلم The Messenger of Allah said إذا زلزلت الأرض تعدلوا نصف القرآن Its weight, its value is half of the Quran Why? Because half the Quran is about the dunya Half is about the akhirah Right? If one perspective about the Quran is Half of it's about this world Half of it's about the next world So this is all about akhirah So تعدلوا نصف القرآن Its value is half of the Quran Okay قل هو الله أحد Is about one third of the Quran Okay and قُلْ يَا أَيُّهُ الْكَافِرُونَ is رُبْعَ الْقُرْآنَ one-fourth of the Qur'an and that is it for Surah Al-Zalzala and inshallah next week we are on Surah Al-Bayyina alright so Surah Al-Bayyina next week and Surah Al-Zalzala is done for this week and now we will turn to open QA for the next let's see how long Let's see, it's now 2.17. We'll go for a 45-minute open QA. Monday is open QA day after short tafsir of the Book of Allah. All right, so let's start off with Gabriel Shaban, how do scholars interpret dreams, and it is permissible to do it on your own. No, it's not permissible to do it on your own based on the Quran saying, Don't make a stance on something for which you have no knowledge. And... In this case, dream interpretation, as I said earlier, is rings of symbols. There are symbols. They're known from the Qur'an, from the Hadith. They're known in the circles of dream interpreters. There are symbols. And then the the next level of symbols have meaning based on the first level, and so on and so forth. And so they can put together a meaning. All right, Ayub, you're reading questions today. Now, very gently... Very gently scroll because if you scroll too hard, you'll get out of the whole app. Okay, so scroll. Anyone who has questions on Instagram, put it up. We'll start with reads. Is it permissible to be a real estate agent? I haven't seen that it's not permissible, and how they buy the house is their business. Khadija says, or Hamza A before that. All right, I'm gonna get to M's question too. What is the state of someone who is? Consistent in salah and in abundance of salawat, but he sins a lot. Such a person is, inshallah, his attribute is in the Quran. They mix good and bad deeds. And the Prophet ﷺ came upon a man who complained. My neighbor, he prays Fajr with us, then he goes to the marketplace and lies and cheats. Okay? And the Prophet ﷺ said, if he persists upon it, he will leave it off. So what did, but he didn't say what? So it has both meanings. If he persists upon salah, he'll leave off cheating. If he persists upon cheating, he will eventually leave off the salah. So it's really up to you what you're stronger on. Okay, if you, what do you persist upon? Ayub, question? Can you please give contact? Speak into the mic, please. Can you please give contact information of a dream interpreter? Uh, I don't have anyone in English. Okay, da- Darul Qasim. Sheikh, what's his name? Sheikh Amin. Sheikh Amin Khalwadia at Darul Qasim. He does it? He's a big time. Oh, wow. Subhan. Yeah, he's a big time. Fake nails. No. No. If he's fake nails. Hi, Mick, we do. Yeah. You have to take him off or we do. 
Secondly, it's like zina, attention getting outside the house. Thirdly, it's dirt, filth. Okay. I despise long nails. I don't even know how these people function. Edward Scissorhands, right? How even do you type how do you anything? type? How do how they do, you, do anything? How do you use a bathroom? How do you clean yourself? Oh, <laughs> there's a jess all in these nails, right? So listen, the nails in general, they're supposed to be kept short. Yeah. Right? In general. Because dirt gets in there, Najessa gets in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Follow-up question on that. Yeah. Like, what about if you're painting your house and things like that? And, like, you know, like, paint gets on you, but it's not the type of paint that you could scrub off. Um, have you ever heard any opinions mm. about what to do about that? No. No. Um, that's a good question. It's like it, it, the water can't get through it? Um. It's not like oil paint, and it's not like watercolor. Latex either. paint. It's some weird, yeah, I don't Isn't know. Isn't it latex? It's latex. It's just like, you know, like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a, it, it, it'll make a film on your house, uh, on your uh, skin. Yeah. So you need to, you technically you need to scrub that off. Yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't go away, like you, you can scrub your skin off, but it won't, it won't come off. You know what I mean? Mm. We'll have to ask about that detail. Yeah. I asked it's a Hanafi scholar a long time ago. He didn't have an answer either. Yeah. But a lot of people, they do it, and then they have to pray with, with it on. Yeah. Um, next question. Ayub, go. What's the major opposition to Ibn Arabi's works? Ibn Arabi's works. They, they, we don't read them. We think, have a good opinion of him, but we don't even read his works. That's what we are taught by the Ba'adawi. And the reason is that, number one, we don't know if the transmission is accurate. That's number one. Number two, there's just it's just confusion in what he's saying, in what's there in many cases, not all the cases. The Syrians though they read Futuhat al cover to cover, and they do Sharhana too. Next question: Is liking pics of the opposite gender on Instagram haram? Liking a pic of the opposite gender, the liking is the least of your worries. What are you liking? Right? If you're looking at her, that's the that's the sinfulness, right? And what is it? Is it something like revealing? Then you're, then that might be sinful, right? So you're liking something sinful, okay? So you have to be be careful that you don't soil your heart and ruin your chances of, you know, um, having a pure heart. Next, are you wearing aqiq? Is it sunnah? It's not aqiq. It's a dhikr ring. I'm testing it out. We got four for the store, so I got one myself, and I'm testing this out, and I really like it. Right, so far. I never thought I would like it, but it's just so practical, right? You can't always pull out your beads, and you lose your spot, and you make noise. And then you, sometimes these beads are so nice that you don't want to bang it, hit it. What's the worst thing? It falls next to you in the car, or you close the car on it. So, next question. I live in the Netherlands. Renting is becoming more and more expensive. Buying is advantageous, but there's Close interest. Up. Mike. What is wisdom? Pull up, you don't have uh, Sharia compliant. It's up to the muftis of the Netherlands. We can't give the, the give anything, but we don't know the situation there. But there's no Sharia compliant um, operation there in the Netherlands. Netherlands, he said. Pull it up. You can pull the mic up to you. Can men pray in shorts that reveal the thighs? You want to pray in shorts that reveals the thighs? Yeah, it would be valid, but. But it would probably be between karahiyah or sinfulness to reveal your thighs. But it would be valid. 
Okay, then how can I contact the Dream Interpreter you mentioned? Go to Dar al-Qasim. Look it up. Dar al-Qasim. Go to their website. Sheikh Amin Khalwadia. Dar al-Qasim. It's called. Oz, how do they spell Dar al-Qasim? Darul or Dar el-Qasim? D-A-R-U-L and then Q-A-S-I-M. Okay, Darul Qasim. Okay. Sheikh, there is a family I love to help overseas in Amman, but uh, by giving Amen. sadaqah, mm-hmm. uh, Amen. Recently, I've been feeling a little burdened. They request money every week now. I don't have that kind of money. Then, say a nice word to them. Say, I'm really sorry. I, I, will, I will help you in the future, inshallah. If you cannot help them, then Quran tells us, say a, a nice gentle word and move on. If you can't help the people. Can women keep hair above the shoulders? Makru. Women to have short hair is makru. Um, musical instruments. Well, there's two opinions on it. The first opinion is held by some of the Shafi'iyah and few, very few, the Madikiyah mention it, but they don't hold that view, which is that the instruments divide into three categories. The, the, the uh, uh, help me out, Oz. What is it called? Percussion, Percussion. wind, and string. Percussion halal wind makruh string haram why? because all of them were made haram but then an exception was made for the percussion directly by the prophet and then a the prophet saw a boy playing the flute he didn't say it's haram so karahiyah only for the wind and also they suggested let's blow a horn for the adhan and he did not say haram and then so they said makruh for that and then that leaves off leaves the string instrument Right, which is essentially uh, the tahrim stays. So that's one of the, friend, the the opinions that's mentioned, and it has basis in the books. But it's not the strongest one. The strongest one is tahrim of all of them, except for the percussion. And the Maliki are the strictest on that tahrim of all of them at all times, except the percussion for weddings only, because again, that was the exception made by the Prophet He said, "Beat the drum for the weddings." Okay, so only. Weddings, and that's the question that was for Khadija Asif, and that's your quick answer to that. So, whenever someone listens to music, I always tell them the middle opinion first, right? That one, the first one that I said, and they're like, oh, okay, well, at least I get to hear percussions. Well, I mean, as soon as you take out string instruments, there's not much you can listen to, right? Uh, so, he listens to percussion and maybe some flutes. You know, the, the in Ba'adawi, they, they act upon that, and Hadramaut, they act upon that. Flute is halal for them completely, right? So, they, they do that. Uh, so you take him to that middle and once he gets used to that then later on he could maybe follow what is an even stronger opinion in the Hanafi and Maliki methods even the Shafi'iyah of the north they, they don't apply what the Hadarima the Yemenis apply on the permissibility of the flute right Next, uh, what about laughter in Salah turquoise man if you're laughing if your smile makes noise you have broken your Salah okay Khala White says, I heard that Sayyidah Aisha used to cut her hair above the shoulder. I never heard that. And Allah knows best. Tahir Omar says, did you know the late Sheikh Muhammad al-Sharif, uh, I just met him once back in 2002 before he started at Maghrib. I was living in Maryland. He was living in Maryland. He you was in Maryland? I lived in Maryland. Oh, wow. For I, ha- I lived in Maryland at that time. Too. Oh, really? I was big. Oh, I lived in Silver Spring, Maryland. Where is that? 
It's it's in, by College Park, oh, I think, like yeah. 20 minutes from College Park. That's exactly where we yeah. I lived there right after 9-11. He was at there, and we happened to bump into each other. Not bump into each other like I knew we knew each other, but he was just like a local Islamic studies teacher who gave khutbahs mm-hmm. yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. And then he opened up his institute after that, like a couple years after that, maybe. Speak of how do we balance the understanding of being told we'll see every ounce of evil we've done and mm-hmm. hoping for forgiveness, not seeing or suffering any repercussions due to sins? Okay, very good. Very good question. How do we balance? Allah is saying you will see everything of your sins. However, he also there is saying people will enter Jannah without hisab and that people will, um, their sins will be wiped away. Okay, how do we balance these two? Well, one is your, the default setting of your existence. And the other is the exception that you may earn that can override that. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens with something, but then he also says that there is a possibility of forgiveness, then the threat is hanging in the balance. He may do it and he may not do it. Okay? And the forgiveness is the exception that will override it. Okay. Can Hanafi pray in shorts that reveal the thighs? Uh, uh, no, I don't know about the Hanafites, to be honest with you. Every time I say something about the Hanafi method, yeah, someone gets triggered. <laughs> they get triggered. Okay. So let's uh, ask a Hanafi. Why don't we have Han- When are we going to get Hanafi hour? With uh, no, why don't we just do it right after this? You know, when you have to go. So yeah. I was thinking one thing. What if we get a bunch of questions preloaded, so Ashu can look it up ahead of time. I think one thing was they didn't want to just uh, give off answers on the. But fiqhi, little fiqhi questions like this, they should be able to answer, right? But but we can get. But how would we get pre preloaded questions? You know. I mean, we got so many questions, we could take them and maybe answer them the next day or something. Like that. I mean, if he's in the masjid, right, and someone comes up, can I pray in shorts with thighs? He got to know the answer to that, yeah. right? Many of these he'll know. Yeah, he'll know the answer. He won't to get that. fatwas, but yeah. he'll know the answer. To these are basic fiqh questions on tahara and salah and things like that. The fatwa would be like, what do we do in the Netherlands, right? So we don't know about the Netherlands and their situation. Ayub, speaking. Is being a title agent or selling title insurance permissible? No, the insurance is not permissible. Okay. Name a school or best teacher for memorizing Quran in Morocco. Oh, in Morocco, there's a ton, but... I don't know their names, but I know that there's a ton. I can't help you with that, unfortunately. You know who you need to help and get help with that? Hamza Abdul Malik in Atlanta. Type it in, Hamza Abdul Malik, Atlanta. He's sending his students to Morocco all the time. One of the things that if I, had, if I could rewind life, one of the things I would do is I would find a beautiful school on the coast of Morocco, overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, one of these hiv schools, and I would lock the door on myself for three years to memorize the whole Quran. I think I could do it in three years, right? Because when I was going in my youth, psh, fast, right? But then they make you do it twice. And you would want to do it. You don't want to do it, do it once. The hair of our mother, Aisha, was short because of how many umrah she performed. How short was her hair? Allahu alam. Yani, we're not supposed to be like he's, I'm sure they're asking out of for fiqh purposes her hair Allah is is ya qadir ya muqtadir a good dhikr for fulfillment uh, of dua any other powerful ones you would advise 
Which one? Ya Qadir, Ya Muqtadir. Ya Qadir, Ya Muqtadir is a beautiful dhikr. And Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. When are you coming to Atawa? Atawa. No, it's not Arabic. It's like Atawa. Atawa, Canada. Probably due for a trip to Canada soon, but maybe in the winter, next winter or something. Catch the snow. All right, let's take a look at this. I am a brother, male, with Tourette's syndrome, and I've been touched against my will by multiple females. Have, have been touched against my will by multiple females, and your comments about women circumcising convert husbands gave me psychological stress. Why would it give you psychological stress? Especially when in the Shafi method, circumcision is obligatory upon men and women. It can be obligatory, but still stands that it cannot be done by somebody for no reason, right? For without a medical illness, you cannot show your aura to somebody for no reason. Is it different in the Shafi school? Ask Kareem. Can you ask Kareem? Yeah. Okay. okay. Hold on. Let's finish here. Are you really saying it's permiss- it's preferable for men in these countries like Indonesia and Yemen to cut up their wives if they're uncircumcised? What do you mean cut up their wives? I'm saying that I'm saying one thing. It is forbidden to for male and females to show their aura mughallada, their private parts to anybody except their spouse. Full stop. That's the ruling. The only exception is a medical necessity. That means an illness surgery of some sort so that means laser hair removal for women that would have to show their their main private parts forbidden unless she does it to herself I don't even know how they do these laser surgeries but or hair removals and the circumcision should be something that also they cannot do a, a stranger cannot do for you because you would not show your aura mughallada to them. So we're not advocating for people to go and get the home kit, as we said, Amazon home kit, all right, and do it yourself, unless they are surgeons. Then they could do it, right? I mean, a nurse could do, does the circumcision. If, if, if I'm not mistaken, it's something nurses can do in the hospitals for babies. So it is something someone can learn. So go get an, a doctor to educate you on it, and you could do it if you're that committed, which it's good to be committed because it's a sunnah mu'akkada. If not, he's saying in Shafi Madhab, it's an obligation. So I found um, the answer by Sheikh Hamza Karamali. Do you want to hear it about circumcision? Yes. So it's the question is about circumcision for converts. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the Shafi Madhab specifically. So he says, all scholars agree that circumcision is religiously praiseworthy but they differ regarding its obligation. The Shafi'is say that it's obligatory, but other scholars have held that circumcision is merely recommended. Because of this difference of opinion, scholars are generally easygoing and gentle with recent converts to Islam on the issue of circumcision. The most important goal with new Muslims is to preserve and nurture their newfound faith, and imposing difficult rulings such as circumcision on them early uh, may well drive them away from Islam altogether. If of his own accord, a new Muslim insists that he wants to get circumcised, he'll be doing something praiseworthy by scholarly agreement. 
So in Does that it case, the aura element? yeah, it would be permissible for him to reveal his nakedness to the doctor to get circumcised, although this would have to be limited to the extent of the need. Um, so it does seem as if the Shafis do have this opinion. And then he also mentions, uh, Sheikh Amjad mentioned that the scholars of Hadramaut do not emphasize the issue of circumcision when they call the desert Bedouins, most mm. of whom did not get circumcised to religious uh, practice. And Imam Hassan al-Basri used to say that people black and white accepted Islam and whether or not they have not have been circumcised was never a matter of investigation. There you go. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so there it is. That's your answer. Okay. And it's not, tr shouldn't trigger anybody. Nobody should be triggered. Yes. A respected mufti I know said that Abdul Qadir Jailani may have been present on Isra' wal Maraj and that Imam Ghazali may have been too. Is this true? I don't know where they're getting that, to be honest. Okay. And why is life insurance haram? Insurance, life insurance is not a necessity of, uh, of our existence here, nor is it a dire need, and therefore it is a trade of money for money. On that ground it is forbidden. And secondly, it is a trade of unknowns. Money for money trade, that's riba. But it's also an unknown. You don't know how much you're paying. All right? You know how much you're getting back, but you don't know how much you're paying. Okay. Is it allowed for Muslims to stay in the West in 2022? I feel scared for my kids. I don't know. Is it halal to stay in the West? Uh, allowed. Is it allowed? Staying in the lands of non-believers is, is in, as a default ruling forbidden and may be permissible by exceptions. And may be obligatory in exceptions. So the exceptions have their own rules. And every one of us, okay, it's, uh, is an exception. It's like an exception. The default is the, um, this prohibition to be living in majority non-Muslim lands. That's a default ruling if you look in the books. And then there are exceptions that may make it oblig uh, permissible, makru or haram. Does reciting and muqtadir help to reveal know uh, the truth about someone lift up the mic to yourself um, reciting ya qadir ya muqtadir does that help you know the truth about somebody not that I know of like doesn't unve unveil people's secrets not that I know of if you want to know about somebody you need to actually investigate if it's about marriage you should do an investigation your wali should do an investigation uh, Suhaib Awan says, as a follow-up to liking Instagram pics question, any advice about social media liking of posts with women not wearing hijab if it's for a news item or an award or something? Allahu Adam, I think that um, if the intent is simply for the content, let's say a news article that is um, revealing some truth about Palestine or the Zionists, but the newscaster herself is not wearing hijab, then I think if the person puts a comment or a like, it's for the sake of the article and not the newscaster. There was a question when we were in, in uh, Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad. Yeah. He was doing like a Q&A after the thing mm -hmm. about ostentation. Yeah. And somebody said like, you know, how do we deal with this issue of social media, yeah. of like gassing ourselves up and like, Oh, he's very serious. MashaAllah. He's like, just delete the app. <laughs> delete the <that. laughs> app? Just delete the account. <laughs> SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. 
murabaha. Did you mean murabaha? No way Johannes says is murahiba, but it did, I think he meant murabaha. Agreement invalid because the contract is signed technically for the home not being in the possession of the bank yet. So the murabaha contract is like this. And this is the basic way that you can buy something on credit that is halal for you. So the house is selling for two, uh, apartment is selling for 200K. I don't have 200K. I have 50K and I could pay it off the rest later. So another guy comes in and he says, I have 200K. Okay. But for me to come out here, buy the house for you, and then sell it to you and get my money back, I need something. I need a reward for that, right? I need to get something for that. So I'll sell it to you for 230K. So he goes, buys it for 200K. He is now in full possession. It's contract with him and the seller. He's in full possession of the house. Okay, technically by law, he owns the house right now for this moment, at this moment in time. Now, he doesn't see the key. He doesn't even care about it, right? But he is the owner. If you walked out the door right now, he's stuck with the house. Okay. Then he then takes another piece of paper and he sells it to you for 230K. You're going to give him 50K on the spot and then you're going to pay off the rest of the 180K later on over the span of whatever. That is the murabaha type of contract. Okay. Where and, and, and it's permissible because I came out here, I had I went through the trouble of dealing with you, dealing with the seller, taking the risk of holding the house on my it's now on my books, right? And now I'm not gonna see my money back for a while. That's what he's charging you the extra thirty K for. All right, let's go with um, why are guys looking at non-mahram picks in the first place, says Sophia. I'm telling you, social media is a problem. You should click on the little thingies and stop showing me this, stop showing me this, stop showing me this, until you it never shows you this anymore. Kareem, mashallah, Kareem O'Day, he made this beautiful thing on his phone he's got like android or something yeah he cannot see any youtube thumbnails at all oh he doesn't see thumbnails wow just the titles yeah yeah can a man wear a tasbih as a bracelet or a necklace if he's using it and it's just for the purpose of uh efficiency then yes uh Hajj used to have his tools his tools and stuff on a necklace out of efficiency not out of jewelry I think, uh, was it Imam Sa'noon who used to wear uh, his... Um, his tools are in his neck? No, his tasbih, he used to wear... Oh, uh, Sa'noon, subhanAllah. I believe so. I think I heard someone... I think Ali bin Sa'ad was saying that. Once. Yeah. Uh, Mahams thinks, he says, let's see how, how long it's going to take before I lose this. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Um, you got one here. You got one? Go ahead, Ayu. I find it hard to concentrate on studies. Also, nowadays, a lot of young people are stressed and in constant pressure due to education and financial issues. How do we deal with it? How do we deal with stress? Dealing with stress is a general question, right? You deal with stress by learning how to turn... You, you sort of have to, learn, have to learn how to turn your thoughts on and off and how to direct your thoughts to the positive, right? And how to recognize 
harms without overthinking them. This is all like a more of a psychology and a life coaching thing. Okay, of course, ibadah and deen is a big part of it, and to me, the most important part of it is husna dhanni billah. The, the crossover is comment I just saw here. I sorry to interrupt this, but did Imam Shafi have an earring? No way. There is no way. Okay, there's no way. Okay, but let's get back to this question. Um, Husna dhanni billah. Have a good opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that good opinion, the idea here is that you have to believe that Allah ta'ala is generous, that He can solve your problems, that He can help you be happy, all that stuff. Okay? So it's important to recognize your problems, your challenges, you should call. I like the, this corporate way of talking about challenges, right? It's a challenge. But you got to envision that Allah ta'ala can get you through it. And so there's a lot of dua and looking at Allah's attributes and not, it's sort of controlling your thoughts because if you sit there talking about, thinking about something bad, probably it's going to happen to you, right? Because you're creating a situation where it would happen. And it's almost like you don't believe that Allah Ta'ala, you, you believe that Allah will do it to you. So that's what's going to happen to you because you believe that. But if you keep repeating to yourself the opposite as a form of dhikr almost, no, Allah is going to be merciful. Allah is going to be generous. I'm going to be able to succeed. Right? It's, it all, to me, stress is all, it's internal. The external factors trigger something, but you can turn it on and off. Okay? And that's why I just don't accept, I have a hard time accepting somebody who says that an external factor is in control of them. Right? Like your words, okay, are, what are they? Just words. Just words. Right? So I can just plug my ears, I can shut it off. And I could say other words to myself. Okay. Question. Uh, new guy is asking, do you answer questions on Facebook or is it better to ask here? Yeah, it's easier here, but we can check the Facebook too. Anything on Facebook, Ryan? I still have access to that. Okay. But are we on Facebook? We're, we're live on Facebook. Okay. Now, someone asked a question about urf, custom in Islam and in non-Muslim countries. Custom and urf in Islam and in non-Muslim countries, the urf and the custom is the custom of the practicing Muslims of that time and place. It's not the custom of every other regular Joshimo. So what kind of clothes is acceptable? If, is it acceptable in, to the pious Muslims of your time and place? Then it's acceptable clothes. That's as an example. As a new grad, how do you find balance in working a corporate job and being a good practicing Muslim? Repeat. As a new grad, how do you find balance in working a corporate job and being a practicing uh, Okay, practicing good Muslim? question. Who, what's the name of the person? Um, M Hamza 9. Hamza, I'm a new grad going to corporate America. I want to balance being corporate America and my dean. Okay, here's the good news. There's a lot of Muslims in corporate America that are solid, good examples. Find them and imitate them. Live like them. That's the answer to your question. Okay. Find those people and be like them. Next. Uh, what, was, what was the best way to seek knowledge overseas without worrying about financial obstacles that may arise? 
the best way of studying overseas without worrying about financial obstacles that over uh, that that come up. Mm. Teach English. Get a job teaching English. That's what they all do. They all do that. Yeah. All right. Next. That's it so far. Up to date. All right. Let's turn to YouTube. Sophia says, "Oh, I heard." The word life coach. I actually have a few questions on that. Maybe in another life. <laughs> um, M says, it is okay to ask people here, what courses are you doing on ArcView? I feel quite old for some of the courses and not knowledgeable for the others. See, the thing is with knowledge, it's always that when you take a course, you may understand 50%. Okay? Don't ever expect to understand 100%. And don't ever go into something thinking you're going to know all of it. There's always going to be something you don't know. So that's why my methodology is just take the lectures. Even I myself, I'm a student, right, in different classes, right, of whether ArcView or otherwise. Like, for example, I took Sheikh Osama's inheritance class. I had taken inheritance before. I took it again. I learned a lot of things that weren't in the first class and things that I already knew, but you hear it again to cement it. So, and never shy away from hearing something a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a, a hundredth time, because it cements it. It becomes memorized. And that's real knowledge is what is memorized. Go ahead. If you eat a dessert ice cream cake at a restaurant and the day after you find out there was alcohol in it and you do ikhstaqwad and ask for forgiveness, is it enough to be forgiven? Yes. There's a question on the YouTube. Uh, a bunch of people, they were asking for you to answer it. What is it? It was Lily. I think if you Lily? have it. Yeah, yes. you can scroll up. It was like a long question. But a long question from Lily, if I scroll up. First of all, Yunus Awan says, is it true there was ijma' against Abu Hanifa? Yunus, stop with the Salafi videos. Seriously. Stop watching these Salafi videos. Uh, Abdurrahman, Abu Abdurrahman, Abu this and Abu that. It's going to confuse you. Yeah. Wallahi al stop listening to these mubtadi'ah. They have so many things that they say is wrong. And you're going to end up confused. You respect the ulama when they say, do not listen to these innovators, right? That's the answer to your question. There's ijma' that we're not allowed to listen to such people who are off the path in aqidah, off the path in the terms of the madahib, what they say about them. And there, how could there have been an ijma' when a shafi'i is a student of his student? Isn't he from the salaf, right? Imam Malik... He praised it. Malik praised Abu Hanifa. Abu Hanifa came, debated Malik. He debated with Muhammad al-Baqir, father of Ja'far al-Sadiq. Muhammad al-Baqir. And he said, aren't you the one who says Qiyas? He said, yes, I say Qiyas. And then they went and debated and he showed him, I don't say Qiyas in contradiction with the book and the Sunnah. There's no contradiction here. So I... If I'm not mistaken, at the end of that, Muhammad al-Baqir uh, accepted his qiyas. If I'm not these, mistaken. These imams, they wouldn't even have debated Imam Abu Hanifa if they didn't think that he was from Ahl al-Sunnah al They wouldn't even have talked to him. 100%. Malik would not have even sat down in the same room with him right. if he believed he was outside of the sunnah and he was dal mudil. When you're doing a debate, the first thing that you do is settle on the definitions yes. and on how you see the world. Because if you can't, then you're no not point. going to have a debate. These imams obviously knew this. Yeah. This is just how it's been. Mm-hmm. That's how humans talk. The fact that they're in the same room, yeah. talking about furu'i issues, that is enough proof that there was acceptance. They, they agree the on the foundational exactly. issues. That's it. Exactly. So that's the fact that they even have a conversation is sufficient. 
to know that. Um, but um, trust me, enough with the Saturday videos. Lily Poppy. Here is Lily Poppy's question. All right. Because they said, please get Lily Poppy's question. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? What does it start with? I can't help feeling. Okay. I can't help feeling hopeless about my life situation. Stop doing that. Hopeless. Allah is vast and he can help everybody. I am divorced with two teenage daughters. I tried to, vent to prevent it, but it happened. I didn't want this life for us. Just want peaceful and happy life. Not a broken home. I despair for the future. As even if I remarry, how can a strange man live with me and my daughters? He can. Or your daughters can go to their grandma. Or he can live with you and your daughters. But it seems, Lily, that you have managed to visualize a world where this cannot happen. My challenge to you is to imagine a world where this can happen. Okay? Hold on. How can having a broken home be good for us? You, there could be a man that's better. I don't want us to be alone, but I see no solution. It's out of the question for me to remarry. No, it's not. I've seen people remarry with teenage kids. I've seen a lot of people remarry with teenage kids. But Lily, let me tell you that your problem is either the inability or refusal to conjure up an imagination of a world in existence where you do remarry and there's a good stepfather for your two daughters. He may have his own daughters, so you're like the Brady Bunch. It is very possible. What you're asking is not out of this. It's very possible. I started wearing hijab and practicing as a Muslim at 16. And this is my reward? What was the point of all that? Should have just partied and had fun like my friends. They're happily married. Lily, you need to have good opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he also, let's backtrack, he never forced you to marry that first guy. To be quite honest. So don't get him out of the picture completely when it comes to blame this is my reward? Yes. You could have had zero daughters. You could have had two daughters with mental disabilities. You yourself could have had mental disability. But you don't. You have two healthy daughters. And you have plenty of opportunities. But you must insist upon positive beliefs about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and shake yourself out of this gloom and doom. Okay. What you imagine and believe is what you're going to act upon, right? Because if you imagine and believe that there's water over there, what are you going to do? Aren't you going to walk there, right? If you imagine and believe there's lions and hyenas there, what are you going to do? You're not going to walk there. So you have to, it starts all in your belief system. And your beliefs are connected to your ability to understand Allah's power. None of this is... I don't see anything here that's, that's impossible. It's very possible. You don't know, have to know how it's possible. You don't know, have to know how it's possible. Okay? 
but you have to know it's possible. It's very possible. You might find another guy with his own teenage daughter, right? And then you come and you got... You all live together. He may have no kids. His kids may be with his mom, with his wife, right? There's, there's, there's plenty of guys out there. So I really don't see that uh, this is something difficult. You have to get up in the middle of the night and knock on Allah's door and ask. And Allah will give. So, but also, do not ever repeat this thing. This is my reward. Well, it could have been way worse, trust me. Your situation could have been way worse. So don't say those words, or else Allah will make you grateful for what you have now. Okay, so that's the one thing that, I'm, that you just have to get out of there. So the heart is softened by salah on the Prophet wasallam, and things are attained at tahajjud, at tahajjud, with ikhlas, with sincerity. Sincerity in tahajjud, things are attained by that. It's not attained by your trying to go get it and finding it. You may not see it at all. The ways to do it. The ways to attain. But if you have the end result in your mind, that's all that's, that matters. And then you're really going to go get it at the tahajjud time. And you have to persist and insist. And seek, seek tawbah for saying those words. This is my reward and this is my result. Make tawbah for that. And then inshallah ta'ala, in the tahajjud, is where you're going to attain. Oz, uh, am I right about that? Yeah. Anything else? Because I think that's extremely important. Okay? And it's extremely important to know. You don't have to see the means. You just have to have the end result in your mind. Knock on the door of Allah Ta'ala in the middle of the night and you will receive. You will receive. Guarantee you will receive. Okay, but you can't make dua for something you don't believe is, is possible. You're, you're, it won't come out of your heart. But you have to believe it's possible. And the reason it's possible is I've seen other people have it. I've seen other people, women with teenage, men with teenage kids, and they find a woman to take him. If there's anything I missed, let me know. A soul says, I have some questions posed to me which I'd like guidance. Wow, this is a six-part question. A challenge to the mutakallimeen who justify the use of philosophy and theological rhetoric are yet to answer my questions. Is the shahada part of iman or not? The shahada is part of Islam. You cannot enter Islam without the shahada. Iman is the belief. Okay? And the shahada is the entrance of Islam. And secondly, it's not correct to say the mutakallimin justify the use of philosophy and theological rhetoric. The correct answer is the mutakallimin, they justify the use of mantiq, correct use of intellect as a way of understanding our beliefs and showing that there's no contradiction there. Okay. Next, regarding Allah's attributes, are they differentiated in terms of Allah's will or not in regards to al-qadr? Have you heard the concept of kasb? Can you tell me about it? We, Allah says, لَهَمَ كَسَبَتْ وَلَهَمَ اكْتَسَبَتْ okay? We do not create our actions. Allah says in the Quran, خَلَقَكُمْ وَمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is the creator of actions. He created you and what you do. And we earn these actions by our intention. That's the kasb. So Allah is the creator of all actions. This raising of the phone, that's the creation of Allah. But we may earn that creation bring it by intending to do it rapid fire questions here 
Regarding hadith ahad, are they considered in both fiqh and aqidah? Sam'iyat aqliyat. Both or what? In the Hanafi and Maliki madhab, the hadith ahad... Oh, the camera's overheated again. So let's just turn the... Uh, how is it overheating when the room is so cold? I really don't know. Let's turn that bad boy on. All right, let's just answer this brother's question. Okay. Uh, hadith ahad. Uh, if the hadith ahad does in aqidah does not provide an exception to something mutawatir such as a nas of the Quran, what's an example? A great example of this in aqidah is that you can turn that fan towards it too. That guy. Uh, the hadith ahad of the Prophet ﷺ said on the day of judgment the people will be brought forth who never received the message and there they will be tested okay but the Quran states that there's no action in akhirah and that this abode is the abode of judgment uh, sorry of, of, of action and the akhirah is just an abode of judgment and the Quran states that so one's mutawatir from the Qur'an, one's ahad. The ashairah and the maturidiyah say the ahad does not override the mutawatir. That's one example of how they, if the ahad has another hadith that is mutawatir or a verse of Qur'an, they'll go with the verse of Qur'an, not the hadith. That's ahad. Five, question five. The one who answers the questions will realize that by those questions alone, it is clear that the beliefs of Mutakalimin contradict the very fund. I just answered them. No, no, not at all. I just answered them completely. I've challenged people with this question and not your right to receive it. I just answered them in two seconds. They just became silent, made excuses, or went tangential. I didn't do any of that. I just answered in three seconds, right? With verses of Quran, too. No. Sorry. You got a ton here when you're ready. Huh? Okay. A soul says, for the record, I'm Ashari. But these questions came from a user on Reddit. Reddit? No. I've just answered them. With very clear answers. All right, Ayub, go. Okay, first one. Quran, uh, are you allowed to listen to Quran while driving? Yes. Do you think it's possible for a Khalifa to be established in this day and age? Khilafah um, to be established in this everything's possible can you can you please say it's not allowed to pray in shorts I need someone to hear this praying in shorts you, you gotta cover around to the knee okay. but the prayer would be valid okay. uh, what are the rules on interacting uh, with trans people who have undergone medical procedures do we treat them as uh, their birth gender huh repeat the whole question. Uh, what are the rules on interacting with trans people who have undergone medical procedures? Do we treat them as their birth? Gender? No, we treat them based on what they look to you right now. Okay. Um, on the circumcision question, all the circumcision discussion, this is from Maham, all the circumcision questions were for male circumcision. That is where the sharia and the sunnah applies. Okay. 
there is speak talk about female circumcision in the books, particularly in the madhahib that landed in Africa. But none saying sunnah mu'akkada. Okay. So where you got female, I had no idea because I said yourself or your wife. We're not talking about same-sex marriages here where a woman is having her wife circumcised. That was not even part of the discussion. Next. Did orphans do anything to deserve no parents? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has infinite wisdom. What's Abdul the name of this person? Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak. Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak. Where is your adab to talk about Allah like that? Subhanallah al What did orphans do to deserve... First of all, you're lucky you exist. That's the first thing. You're lucky you're even, even orphan, there could be worse, like parents who hate you. Right? Secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَوْ رَحِمْنَاهُمْ وَكَشَفْنَا مَا بِهِمْ مِنْ ضُرْ If we had given you all the good things that you wanted sometimes, and removed all of the hardships in some cases, then people would have become tyrannical. Yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us every hardship that comes upon a person, that is what is best for them. Okay? We have to believe that. He has a second part. Uh, so, how can you expect good from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you have bad thoughts of him? How can you expect good of Allah when you have bad thoughts of him? The bad thoughts are attracted because of our sins. So purify your sins. Do a lot of ibadah, a lot of dhikr, a lot of wudu. Fight sins. And you will see good thoughts starting to come to you and the bad thoughts going away. Bad thoughts. This is like Lilypad had some very negative thoughts. Right? By the way, not all of us are all, all innocent all the time. Sometimes we have sins that are attracting negativity. Sins are always... There was a sheikh who said, when he commits sins, he starts thinking ill, that everyone's out to get him. Paranoia. Right? So, sins is what attracts bad thoughts. Scrape away those sins and do good deeds, you'll attract good thoughts. Next. What's the best way uh, for a Muslim to spend his or her birthday? To spend his or her birthday? Not, nothing. I mean, if your family is going to buy you a cupcake, that's nice. But otherwise, it, it's basically, to me, not a, uh, n- not a thing, you know? Birthday to me is a, it's just a regular day. You say Alhamdulillah that Allah gave you another year, and also think about death because you just came one year closer to that, which is also a gift because you get to move closer to Allah Ta'ala on that time. What is Abdul Mubarak Abdullah ibn Mubarak saying? Um, nothing yet, I don't think. Okay. No. Um, okay. If someone says that Allah knows uh, we will sin and that he would have replaced us with another people who would sin if we were perfect, but then uses it as he can eat meat, that is not zabiha from restaurants, etc. A person says that if Allah wanted us to commit sins, we wouldn't have, been com- we wouldn't have uh, whatever he was saying, that this person is making a mockery of the deen, and it's a very dangerous thing to say, well, if Allah wanted me to not commit sins, I wouldn't have committed sins, so I'm going to go commit sins. That's a major mockery, okay? Um, That is a major mockery of the deen, okay? Also, if Allah had not wanted, if Allah knows what we're going to do and I'm about to hit you, right? Then, well, it's not my problem. I hit you because it's Qadr too. 
what if people treated him like that? Why does he treat Allah like that? Get qadr and out of the question when you're acting here. You just act upon your own free will and and you have orders from Allah Ta'ala to act upon. But you don't come and say, well, Allah knows the future anyway, so no, that's not how it is. Or Allah loves to forgive, so let me give him something to forgive. No. Abdullah ibn Mubarak says, no, I'm responding to, this, to the sister who felt hopeless. Read my first message, please. I was saying Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has infinite wisdom and an orphan without parents didn't do anything to deserve, to oh. deserve that. So we shouldn't say it's because of my sins or I did good, so why don't I get good? Oh, okay. Abdullah ibn Mubarak was misquoted and butchered. We butchered the poor guy. Okay? We butchered the poor guy because we missed the question. MM, could you please um, repeat your question because I can't see it here. We can only take a few more questions, unfortunately. Anything else, you? Yes. Go. Is there a word for reciting, for reciting Ayatul Kursi after a fard prayer is supposed to be understood that the person would enter Jannah without account? It didn't say without account. It just says that whoever recites Ayatul Kursi, then nothing stands between him and Jannah uh, except death, which means that from prayer to prayer. It didn't say without hisab. I heard the Prophet ﷺ fasted on his birthday. Is this true? Prophet fasted on his birthdays, which means his weekly day, which is Monday. Yes. Okay. Sophia, where is your question? If you're still on, put your question down again so that I could see it. What did you mean when you say vast in reference to Allah? It means his creation is vast. His knowledge is vast. Of course, it is not the bodily meaning of vast. Next. Okay. Uh, if someone has a fruit tree on their property that hangs over public land, is it permissible to take from its fruits? It fell by itself on public land. Are they had to take? If someone owns a fruit tree and it fell on public lands then we're still not permitted to take that. Why? You, you read differently? No, I think it was two days ago, the imam in my uh, local masjid mentioned a story. can't remember what sahaba it is, though. Um, the name will probably come back. But he had a, his neighbor had a date tree, Jewish, yep. Jewish neighbor, if you know the story, where his date tree was going No, over. tell the story. I don't know. And the Prophet Wasallam or some of the companions would ask him, why are you leaving Salah? without sitting and doing any dhikr in the masjid. Like he would get up after the prayer in the masjid and go straight home. And they were wondering why. And they found out that he was so nervous that his kids would be playing in the mm. yard and they would pick up one of these dates and they would eat the date. SubhanAllah. He said even one time that his, his son was eating the date and he reached into his throat and pulled it out. SubhanAllah. And he would gather all the dates in a basket and bring it to his neighbor, his Jewish neighbor. And eventually the Jewish neighbor found out why he was doing this and then had accepted Islam. Maybe this was from the Tabarin or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I didn't, I never knew that story, but you all heard it from Rai right there. Subhanallah, that's how much wara they had not to eat something that's not theirs. I don't know. I like that question. It's such a classic fit question. That's a great fit question. Great fit question. Okay, Yunus has made toba from listening to this nonsense. Listen, you cannot mix in your brain misguidance and guidance and expect a good result. 
Don't even put it in your brain. Too many guys get convinced. Like, confused. confused. So confused. Listen, can you eat shrimp and cereal? You're going to vomit, right? You, you can't mix certain things. Can you say, I want to lose weight and eat Skittles at the same time? No. If I want to be healthy, yet I want to um, eat junk food at the same time. So in the same way that we guard our bodies from junk, we got our, guard our souls and our minds from junk. Good. As a Hanafi, what is the rule on joining Shafi'i As Jama'ah, which is earlier than Hanafi time? Again, I'm going to leave that to the Ahnaf, and we have to have Hanafi hour with Mufti, with Sheikh Nisar. But from what I know, they pray in their own time. Even in our masjid, when they have hips classes in the back, we pray, they, they do their hips class. They pray later. A uh, question from Abdullah. Do we, ha- do we need to have our lower garment above the ankles as the hadith prohibiting it refer to it uh, being out of arrogance only due to the clothing signifying wealth? No, that, from what I understand it, it is if you intend it out of arrogance and it is a garment that was known to drag, such as the Roman thobes. The Romans used to wear thobes like this. And it should drag. That's what should never be below the ankle. But a regular pair of pants uh, is not a problem. It is not used to be to, for kibr. So it's it's only for the explicit style of garment that the Prophet was talking about was the long thobe that people used to drag, and it was a known thing. Okay, that they used to drag their garments like that. I'm going to read. Uh, let's read. Take a YouTube question from Khadiga with a G. So she might be Egyptian. What's your advice, someone who's married to a lady that only cares about her appearance and how she looks, and she's not convinced that hijab of hijab, and she does not dress modestly? She is probably bipolar, sometimes nice, sometimes selfish. The husband doesn't want to divorce because he has two young daughters from her, and he doesn't want them to suffer growing up away from him. He's also worried she may end up taking half his money following U.S. divorce law. Will he be rewarded for his sabr? Choosing to live with this strong character to care for his children and not choosing to divorce her. It's a very specific question um, that I cannot really give you one straight answer because it's a very specific type of question that has to do with a specific person and a specific situation and it's really not something that um, uh, that I can really give you any answers to but let the person who's tested with that make the best decision possible he's tested with it right not me how can I give him advice on something I never really experienced such a situation so we ask Allah Ta'ala to let him make the best decision possible and to consult the local scholars around him. Anam says, in tahajjud is it necessary to pray or can I sit and do dhikr? You can sit and do dhikr only. You can sit and make dua only. Okay. In tahajjud, can you do makeup prayers? Yes. Lily Pad uh, said, or Lily Poppy says, may Allah reward you, help me a great deal. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. I, I hope I did and I hope that you can go back and listen to this every day. Listen to that clip every single day that you need to just say no and stop with the negative thoughts and you got to try to visualize and imagine what is it that makes you happy, right? Would you rather be depressed or be happy? 
You're being depressed by an imagined situation. It's not a real situation. You have no facts that there's no man out there that can marry. It's mere speculation. You can be happy on mere speculation. Which one would you rather? One, you can take it to Allah for it as a dua. The other, you can't. The other one, you sealed your fate. The other, next, the other one at least gives you something to take to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you go in front of Allah ta'ala, there, there is no way you leave empty-handed. But you have to go all the time, every day, every night in tahajjud. Until you will find that this tahajjud has transformed your life. Your mindset will be complete, your heart and your mind will be completely different. Okay, completely different. All right, we got to wrap up, unfortunately. Today was a lot of questions. And Sophia had said that she, she put in a question that I didn't answer. So I'm looking for that real quick. She said, I, I can't copy and paste this. But why? Some Muslims are against life coaching and personal development. I don't agree. What do you think? Hayat dunya a lot of people can tell you a lot of wise things about Hayat dunya Muslims and Kafirs. If you get it from a Muslim, you get the power of dua and the truth and the attributes of Allah with it. Right? I think Muhammad al-Sharif, he went that route after founding al-Maghrib and he was, um, he shifted al-Maghrib to be run by somebody else. He went to life coaching. But it's all with ibadah and dua. And a lot of it's the same because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even it recognizes that they have knowledge of Hayat dunya but He decreases it. He says, They know the dunya. And I know many converts. They went, they accepted Islam, but they came back to their dads who were non-Muslim. They realized, man, my dad, he's got a lot of wisdom. Yes, he's got a lot of wisdom about this life. Okay? And guess what? This life is important. We're tested in this life. You need to know about things in this life. There's value in things of this life. But you can make that value infinite if you weld it with attributes of Allah, the power of dhikr and salah on the Prophet and the power of dua. So it'll be a million times greater if it comes from the heart of a believer and the mind of someone who knows the aqidah of a Muslim. Right, so that's the that's the perspective that I take on that. Chief Latif, can you guys set up a PO box? What do you think of that? Set up a PO box, Oz? No, you just sent it to right? Send it to the masjid. 1330 Livingston Ave, North Brunswick, New Jersey, 08902. Muhammad Sain Gurkani, is it okay to use toilet paper? After the bowel movement instead of water, even if you have access to water, you will be purified enough for salah if the toilet paper comes out clean. However, you're missing one of the great sunan and something that Allah loves, which is to use wetness and water at, while purifying yourself or after you remove the najasa. You remove the najasa with the dry and then you use water. And that's the saying of Allah, إِنَّ اللَّهِ يُحِبُّ التَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبُّ we never talked about our sponsors today. You can get wonderful books at meccabooks.com with the coupon code Safina. Meccabooks.com. Coupon code Safina. Get any book you want, put in the coupon code Safina, and you'll get a lot of books. And you get a discount. 
And you could also be part of this podcast, this live stream, as many of you are. And we got to update the, the credits. A lot of people who's, we didn't update the credits yet. We got to update the credits. That you can be part of this at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. And so many of you here are, are part of that. Okay. And, and I personally thank you. And I pray for you. Because you're facilitating for me to do good deeds by being here. If we don't make this an economy, I can't be here. It has to be an economy. It's got to be worth something. Right? And then Rai, Oz, all these people cannot do good deeds. So you can join patreon.com, backslash Safina Society, or Rai doesn't do good deeds anymore. No good deeds for Ryan. And then we have special guests, and today we have Ayub as the questioner, and he did a good job reading those questions except for the one by Abdullah ibn Mubarak, who said that half the question only was read. But, I mean, he asked, he, he read off like maybe yeah, you interrupted 30 questions. I interrupted you? Oh, okay, I interrupted. You should make Toba. Oh, I interrupted him. I said, cut him off and said, make Toba right away. Okay, because I didn't like, I got like, uh, had a reaction to the question. So, um, next question. So, Hape says, will the capes return? We hope to get more capes from Tunisia. Tunisia. All right, I really wish I could answer everyone. I feel bad when people say, oh, my question wasn't answered. I really feel bad about it, to be quite honest with you. But honestly, we were, we just did the best, the best we could. Okay. Um, Maybe we can set up like a Google Forms where people can drop off their questions. But they might not be here for for when it's answered. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the best thing is that they get it live. Okay. If, 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 if you keep put it, posting the question, eventually you'll see it. Or you could do what Reed did, is put every post as a, every word as a post. Then <laughs> it was like a long line. You couldn't avoid seeing it. Okay. So I'm really sorry for everybody uh, who didn't get the question answered. Again, for Chief, Chief Latif, it's 1330 Livingston Ave, North Brunswick, New Jersey, 08902. And again, that is at nbic.org. That's where we take our mail. Okay. Do we have to have our name on the credits? The answer is no. You don't have to have your name on the credits if you don't want to. So make that known in the Patreon uh, comment section. Okay. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you all for being patient with your questions. We'll have more questions again uh, tomorrow, since there were so many now. And maybe Ayub will be with us to answer these questions. I think you probably you will be because from the SAT class to here, we've got to come right away. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa al-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haq wa tawasaw bil-sabr wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
Kolbe shi for beron.